0: Hello, everyone. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. And I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, why don't you be serious? You're not the host, Brain. Well, I should be. Christy Francesco is the host.
1: Christy Francesco?
0: Yes, that's correct. Huh. I didn't stutter.
1: Didn't he get whacked in an episode of The Sopranos? Oh, give me a break. He hosts a podcast, Brain. Who the hell doesn't? Well, his is about wrestling. Who the hell's isn't? Uh, well, he talks about old wrestling. Wow! What a novel idea.
0: Oh, next, give me a break. Next you're gonna tell me he's got a wrestling theme name for the show. Well, he uh come on,
2: monsoon, spit it out. It's the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. So what? And it's starting now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. Christy, Francesco, George and Dean are here with y'all. And um, man, first off, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been downloading, I want to use a wrestling term, each and every one of you. Uh, who are downloading this show as often as you are. And I'm so grateful for that. I mean, I'm I'm getting updates on, you know, episodes that we recorded last year or episodes we recorded during COVID that people are really just gravitating to. And uh, that's a great thing about wrestling. And that's one of the reasons why Um, I evaded the idea of discussing current things, because when we... Review all these pay per views from back in the day and shows from, um, you know, the, the last 25, 30, 35 years. It's evergreen content, so it's that's what's so good. You can go back and listen to a review of WrestleMania 19, and it's just basically an overview of that specific point in time where, um, you know, if, uh, those who talk about wrestling currently every single Week or you know, daily good for them. That's that's great. That's that's what they want to do. That's the niche they've created, and that's awesome. Um, but it doesn't become you know, eight months from now, it's not something that I would think is super interesting to go back and listen to unless you're looking for like a specific hot take or a prediction or something like that. But, um, nonetheless, all of y'all who are downloading this show as often as you are and listening to it, and apparently sharing it with your friends, family. Um, enemies who cares um the fact is you guys are, are really helping us out and i really do appreciate that um so thank you we got so many more things to come um secondly guys i apologize for my voice um i'm a little under the weather here my whole house is sick um but now it's starting to trickle down to me um so i might mute myself a few times just so i can clear my nose and this post nasal drip is a bitch man like an absolute bitch and i can't stand it um but it's may 11th we're recording this and we are going to discuss you know something that's gosh 20 about 27 this will be 27 years ago on the end of the month around may 27th that's actually pretty pretty crazy that i just said that on may 27th it will be the 27th Uh, anniversary of the night that Scott Hall uh, appeared first on Monday uh, Nitro in WCW. And we're going to talk about the impact that that arrival. And then, you know, soon thereafter, the arrival of Kevin Nash. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit. um, What we might have thought back then. And then what we know from, you know, all the years of, of reading about it and listening to interviews and then kind of just give our overall thoughts on the impact of what that really did for pro wrestling. And, it, you know, it really was the catalyst for everything that we know of today. And it, it's crazy to think about that. But um, 27 years ago, almost to the day, um, the wrestling world that, that we know and love still um, changed forever. And it's so cool to think about that. And we're gonna talk a little bit about it. Um, but I know George uh texted me about he has a thought about AEW and he said it's a positive mm-hmm. one. So I'm interested mm-hmm. in in hearing maybe it's I don't know, but I'm interested um in hearing I think
0: it
1: was bait, Chris. I think he just wants to rant.
2: <laughs> it was a bait and switch. I, he's he's gonna my, come on and just start dropping F bombs about him. It's,
0: it's in, a, a swerve, bro. <laughs>
1: In the, in the three, four years that AEW has existed, I've never heard George Rogers say one positive thing about the company. No, he, it, he goes out of his way to trash the company. Whereas Chris acts like they don't exist. George will be like, oh, God, I can't believe the ring ropes aren't black anymore. Fucking trash, dead company. My
0: hatred of AW lives rent-free in your head <laughs> daily.
1: This is AEW lives rent free in your head, but to be fair, they don't, the, I don't
0: talk about them as much as you do. You talk red, about them and then you mention, uh, Chris, oh, George Chris, will hate Chris, this Chris. <laughs>
1: because I'm baiting you. That's why. <laughs> but, but to be fair, the red, white, and blue ring ropes that AEW have are fucking horrid. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> they are awful. Mm. Uh, that's the reason I don't watch. That's the sole reason I don't watch is the <laughs> ring. <rope color. laughs> yeah, sole
2: reason. So let um, everybody
1: know that's the sole reason
2: um go ahead george
0: no what i was gonna say was it was that it it's in the context of of what we're actually talking about with with hall and nash jumping i know we haven't gotten into it but you look at the impact that hall and nash had by jumping over to wcw Mm -hmm. and you and you see what other wrestlers of took what they did and are like you know this actually makes sense i can go somewhere else i can get Mm -hmm. more money i can boost my public profile i'm not being used well at the other company let me go here Mm -hmm. and see if i can make a name for myself which for all the credits is what a lot of people are doing in aw Mm -hmm. which is what which is the positive thing i'm saying is that whereas you know there hasn't been a really like a solid number two maybe tna back when they were actually had a real TV deal and they weren't jumping different channels trying to mm-hmm. like land on their feet when they were on spike TV, when that was a legitimate, you know, Thursday night slot, you know, the, the that was the last time there was a legit number two. but you get to all these people now who, who a lot of people haven't heard of unless you live knee deep in the IWC tape trading mm-hmm. and looking up things on YouTube. But you know, it brings a lot of these other names to a larger, to, mm-hmm. to, 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 to a much larger audience. And people getting the idea to kind of do that all stems from Nash and Paul jumping over to WCW. That's what I was going to say the positive thing is that you get these guys who can now go somewhere where they're not being used, you know, whereas they weren't being used in big Vince's house of muscle. They can now go somewhere else and make a name for themselves, boost their profile.
2: Yeah. It's more or less where, for so long, it like you know, you did whatever WWE would tell you to do because there was no alternative for you. It was either you're gonna do what they tell you to do, whatever gimmick or any kind of promo, anything in the world, you know, work 300 days a year, no breaks, or you're gonna be, you know, working at the 2300 Av Arena or whatever in the Bingo Hall in Philly in front of you know a hundred people, making fifty bucks and a hot dog, and I'll see you tomorrow like what, that, what a lie you think paul Heyman is paying people 50 bucks yeah, they were no. those were bounce checks my friend no that was 25 dollars, and then a, a, a you know and ounce of a coke um so like now you know and then wcw it's like now wwe has to kind of focus on all right who do we really want to keep because there is somewhere else to go mm-hmm. um and look as as much as i i don't like AEW. I don't I don't like anything about it to be honest with you, but what I do appreciate about it is that it is a legitimate number 2. So what it does is that it it breeds competition. I think it breeds competition within the talent. Um I I know for a fact w, WWE people internally don't even pay attention to anything that AEW does unless it's brought that Yeah, unless it's brought to their attention because look, when you're worth 9 billion dollars and you're you're a global entity, you know, you know, Walt Disney World isn't thinking about Six Flags. That's basically <laughs> PlayStation what it
0: isn't is. thinking about Xbox.
2: Right. That's basically what it is. You know, it's and that's the way they like it, I'm sure. But as a fan, man, and, I, and like I, I've been telling you guys, like I've been watching Raw, like I go in order, like from 2005, six, seven, 8. And it was so good. The talent was so good. The matches were incredible. And I just think to myself, damn, imagine if like TNA was like legitimate competition in those mid 2000s, how much better WWE would have been. So that's why we want to talk about the arrival of Hall and Nash, because what it did was just set in motion. The trajectory of pro wrestling just changed forever on that night, 20, almost 27 years ago. And I, and I really want to talk about that. So um, again, so I was born in 86, so I would have been um, turning 11. Uh, I'm sorry. I would have been turning 10 years old. Uh, This was may of 96. So I would have been 10 that November. Um, I I remember hearing about this um, from friends in school because I mean, I didn't know Dean at this time, obviously, but I, we always had I had that group of friends, uh, a couple watched WWF, which was me. And we had a couple of friends who would watch WCW Monday Nitro. So we would talk the next day about what happened. And then that's how I, w- I would find out. I remember talking about that. Uh, George, did you watch Nitro when this occurred? Or if not, how did you hear about it?
0: I I didn't watch that night. I actually heard about it the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, at at school because you know we went to school back in those days. It was, <laughs> it, it was a safe place to be. You didn't worry about this, that, and the other. Um, I remember hearing about it, and they're like, "Hey," and some of the kids were like, "Hey, Razor Ramon was on WCW," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "But isn't he in WWF?" Yeah, you because know, I didn't have the internet. I was poor, so I knew nothing about nothing. So I got all my insight, you know, which is people talking about it at school. So I'm like, Razor Ramon. I'm like, I'm like no, he didn't. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I made sure to watch Nitro like the next week and I'm like, hey, that's 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 Razor Ramon. Yeah. And I um, kind of kept watching then the next, you know, and a couple weeks later Diesel shows up. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Like I thought it was a legit invasion.
1: Mm-hmm. Was That's like, oh, what maybe, I thought. Yeah. I thought
0: maybe these companies are working. Out. I'm like, oh, maybe these guys are working together. Maybe they're, I you know, I didn't know about exclusive. You know, one company was working this, and company was working that. I assumed, you know, hey, you could just kind of go wherever you, you know, wherever you wanted. You know, it didn't, it didn't matter. I didn't learn mm-hmm. about any of these inner workings until as I got older. But I was, you know, 96. I was 12. Yeah, or I, I was 11. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about anything. I assume mm-hmm. they were just. I assume they were just there.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dean, how about you?
0: Was I watching night
1: show? Yeah, I was deep in WSW at the time. Mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, I would still watch WWF, but I was, <clears throat> you know, shotgun Saturday night, you know, all that stuff. WSW was my jam in the nineties. Yeah. I use that term. Yes, um, I like it. I like. I liked it much more. Mm-hmm. I've said it. I've said it a million times. Um, I got real tired. I, I have fond memories of the new generation era of of WWF, mm-hmm. but I got kind of real tired of of it. And mm-hmm. WW just appealed to me. They had Hogan, it was cool, man. They had they had H. Yeah. They had they had Savage. Mm-hmm. The DDP, yeah. you know. So they they had everything I liked. And then, you know, I was a big Diesel fan, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously Kevin Nash. And I liked Scott Hall. So they showed up. I was like, that's interesting, Mm -hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, it won me. I mean, it won me even more because, you know, I barely had a reason to watch Raw.
2: Yeah. At that point. Yeah. 96, man. It was pretty tough. (laughs) Um, You know. And if we look back, you know, Scott Hall was technically the first member of the group to create the interest and have fans, you know, wondering what he was talking about on that day. And kind of to give everybody a view if you haven't heard or if you just want a refresher, you know, at first to viewers of Monday Nitro on uh, May 27th, 1996. It was, you know, a throwaway match. Steve Dahl, who had made a name for himself as part of the well done uh, earlier in his career, the tag team was competing against Colonel Robert Parkers, the Mauler, who was was that Mike Enos, Mike Enos? Yeah. Um, in a match, half of the
0: Beverly two- Brothers, yeah,
2: exactly. Good one. Um, <laughs> in a match, you know, between two dudes that had like zero momentum, nobody cared. This was one of those things like if take like a piss, go get a piss. If you want to go get a beer, go to beer. Its initial booking in the first place didn't make much sense to the average viewer, but it soon would. And you know, before the match ended, this big, tall dude in double denim, a denim jacket, uh, that was, you know, den- je- was a denim vest, a denim friend. vest. Um, jeans. How dare you assume Scott Hall wore anything with sleeves? I know. Uh Slick back, dark hair. Um, casually goes through the WCW crowd and jumps the barricade. And uh, after the initial shock of a fan like seemingly entering the arena, it became apparent that you know this was WWF superstar Razor Ramon. You know mm-hmm. he, you know he had last been seen in the WWF in. Um, April at WWF in your house, good friends, better enemies. You know, he was, he was losing um, to the recently debuting Vader at the time, only eight days earlier. He was on a card for the WWF at Madison square garden where he competed in his go away match against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Um, What was going on? Um, We remember what happened at that night. Um, The curtain call That's a bad guy and you're a good guy And you guys are
0: hugging oh no (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, You know this was barely A week after the curtain Call and here's Razor Ramon showing up On Nitro television He grabs the mic And he says you know look it's not The most Amazing promo but it was something That will be remembered forever He looks into the camera And this is where you look at where you thought it was to get an invasion. He doesn't say his name, Scott Hall. He doesn't Mm -hmm. say his name is Razor Ramon. He looks into the camera and he goes, you people, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you look back and you get chills because it's like, is that, is it an invasion? What is Razor? Like I literally just saw Razor the month before. Yeah. And, and then you know he's like, "Where's billionaire Ted? Where's Nacho Man? Um, you know that punk can't even get in the building. Me, I go wherever I want, whenever I want. And where is Scheme Gene? Because I got a scoop <laughs> for you, <laughs> <laughs> Scheme Gene. Um, and he goes, you know, uh, and for anybody else in WCW, if you want, hey, and then he WCW. finishes w- it. If, <laughs> if you want it, and then he finishes it with, "Hey, you want you want to go to war? You want one, you're going to get one. And with that, it was the first major bombshell that was dropped and what would soon become the Monday Night Wars. And like looking back, guys, like how. Like amazing is it to think of shit like you look back now and that was literally the shot heard around the world. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, it's so cool. And like we look at it now, like so much has happened in the last 27 years. Anything and everything that you can imagine can happen, like has happened since then, like the screw job, or, you know, then you got the, you know, what happened like with Owen, and you got all these things that happened that were such mega news stories. And then, even from a storyline perspective, I mean, shit. I mean, if it wasn't for Chris Benoit dying or, you know, being a murderer, we would have had to find out who the hell blew up Vince McMahon's limousine. So and it's I like, wish I wish that would come out one day. I know. Just like, hey, this was
1: the plan. Cause I'm so curious to what like was truly gonna happen. Cause Arnie was behind it all. All <laughs> Sh- right, kick this guy off the damn show. <laughs> cause Arnie. Um, but you look
2: back
0: and it's like cause man- this cause because I cause off because oh yeah, you will kick me off and you're gonna talk like him. <laughs> <laughs> I know if you mentioned him, Dino Dino bust out that impression. Um. <laughs>
2: And, like, George, I'll ask you, man, like, how amazing is it when you look back and you go, just that simple promo, Scott Hall changed everything forever?
0: It it really was. I mean, that was, to put it kind of in terms, uh, in, like, history terms, you know, Scott Hall showing up in WCW, that was, you know, Germany invading Poland in 1939. No, I'm going somewhere (laughs) with it. Because oh, that, 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 because was, that, that was
1: the equivalence of uh, you know, the twin towers being attacked in
0: nine eleven. It was no, that, but Germany know. invading Poland was the official start of World War Two. Yeah, you know, like Scott Hall, you know, I, that's the same as like the Archduke Franz Ferdinand getting shot, starting World War One. You know, it, it was the catalyst for so much. And because it happened at a time, you know, obviously, you know, history being what it is. And we know, cause we're really, you know, the internet was in its in, in its infancy at that time. None of us had any idea what was, what was going on. So the only way to find out what was going on was to either you know, subscribe to the newsletter or you watched next week to see mm-hmm. what was going on. Generating interest. You take, got people to keep coming back, coming back.
2: I mean, so if you, if, Dean, what about you before I get into some facts uh, behind it about what it did for the company? Um, What was your, your you know, you look back now and you go, man, mm-hmm. you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And it's like everyone watching is like, holy shit, like that's Razor. But like, why is he not letting us know that that's Razor? Like you look back now and it's like, wow, like it was set up so perfect.
1: Yeah. I, I really can't dis- describe how I felt because mm-hmm. I was what year was this again? Ninety six. So I was nine. Okay, just to put that in the context, I wasn't even in double digits of age yet when this happened. So, um, I was a little re- a retard and was just like, "Hey, where? What? You know, I would turn on the raw next week and go, hey, where's Scott Hall? Or where's Razor Ramon? You know what I mean?' Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, I was happy. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say because. There was wrestlers that I like showing up in the company that I was more or less more of a fan of at that point.
2: Yeah. Um, to kind of go over like what the ratings were looking like uh mm-hmm. in, in, around this time period. So on February um, I'm sorry, on May 27th, the night this happened, Nitro beat Raw 2.8 to 2.3. The following week, Nitro won again with a three compared to the 2.3 with WWE. Um, then you went into the 10th of, uh, June WWE one. I mean, it's not even a rounding error. I mean, 2.7 to 2.6, but then to kind of like, once it really got the ball rolling with probably right around when Nash was going to be showing up, you start showing up here on June 17th, 1996 WCW just went on a roll here, man. to 2.3, 3.3, 2.7, 3.5, 2.5, um, a 3.5 to a 2.1 for raw. Like it was an absolute 83 week juggernaut. Like looking at this, a 3.7 to a 1.8 and And on on October 14th.
0: And that's the thing. Nash debuted in WCW on June 10th. Yep. So people turned in the next week
2: yep to see what the hell was going
0: on and that was a big jump from a 2.6 to a 3.4
2: over a million they gained over a million viewers the next week Hmm. like almost about i mean they and they beat raw by over a million viewers i'm sorry so and moving the needle (laughs) yes like a legit needle mover and like this is when you get into now once hogan you know once the nwo was revealed the third guy holy crap like the wwf just stood no chance for a long time. Um, And look, you know, Eric Bischoff wanted to create like enough suspense for fans to believe that WWF wrestlers were invading WCW as the original intent of, you know, his new world order. You know, Hall made that clear when debuting by walking through the crowd, entering the ring to cut a promo. And, you know, the promo created just instant interest with Hall declaring like this takeover was coming and it caused fans to keep tuning in to Nitro overall. So it was, it's crazy to to think about what this started. Um, and it, it's just so cool to to think about it. Like in the days before the internet was even a thing in '96, um, you know, or remotely as accessible as we have today, the the world of wrestling fans were full of questions when when, when Hall debuted. You know, things like contracts and their expiration dates weren't generally known. Like, how the hell did you look that up? Unless you read the dirt sheets, you were probably being lied to 95% of the time. But nonetheless, like, there was nowhere to go to find contracts. Um, So for most of us, 99.5% of us, they had no idea that Razor Ramon um, or the man that portrayed Razor Ramon um had given his 90 day notice 3 months earlier you know to avoid his contract from rolling over when it expired the week before his WCW appearance so outside some you know message board forum as they call it um and tape traders like you said George most fans were unaware you know of the infamous curtain call at the time the moments after you know Razor and Triple H's match when Triple H beat Hall that's when we saw the click, Razor, Diesel, Triple H Michaels, they broke, you know, the the fourth wall, the kayfabe wall um to say, you know, goodbye to to uh, to Scott Hall. Um, you know, the the lines between reality and fiction were completely blurred now. Like far more fans of the mid-90s were used to were were used to, you know, where Vince McMahon had admitted it was all just sports entertainment in recent years, right? He was still talking like Razor Ramon. He still looked like Razor Ramon. Is it really Razor Ramon? And, you know, did WCW know he was coming into the building? See, it sounds stupid now when you talk about it. But then you have to put yourself in 1996. There wasn't Twitter there wasn't Facebook. There wasn't Instagram. Shit, there wasn't even MySpace for like another six years. So it's like, you know, this is we, how we found out is how we're telling you guys this. The next day, I had to find out from another nine-year-old kid who came in really? and said, yo, Razor Ramon was on Nitro. And we're all like, what? What the, what, the, what the hell was Razor Ramon do?" The only thing about WCW that I knew in 1996 was, was Saturday Night's and disney mgm studios i would always watch saturday night on tbs i always watched wcw saturday nights on tbs that's all i knew of wcw i heard of nitro but i was again i watched monday night raw because that's where Shawn michaels was and that's what i did um but then when someone comes in the next day at school at lunch at our table and says yeah razor ramon showed up on nitro i'm like um all right i guess i'm gonna Find out what channel WCW Nitro is on my TV. Chris, like, does, Chris like doesn't matter. WCW
0: doesn't exist to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, like just thinking about that, like how, and I'll, I'll I'll go to you this time, Dean. First, like for so long, like you said, that new generation era, like we were told it was all entertainment. You know, these are just you know professional athletes or here here. You know, he basically was telling us it was scripted sport. But it was just, you know, sports and entertainment. Scott Razor shows up on, on Nitro and it's like, holy shit, like this reality base now. Like this mm. is real. Is this is this an invasion? Um, like what's going on here? Like the, the it it's it it's so cool to look back and be like, man, this was brand spanking new. And it, because we didn't know that that um haul was done with WWF eight days before. We're just assuming, shit, uh, Razor Ramon showed up at WCW and now he's in the middle of the ring cutting a promo saying there's a war. Damn, what's next? Like, what do we do?
1: Oh, that was the question? What do we do?
2: No, it's like, you know, it's wild to think of what we didn't have back then and how it was so rare to have something so fresh and so new when we were told for so long, oh, that's just entertainment.
1: Well, I mean... As a nine-year-old, I-, I will say that things still felt kind of real. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, w- I was a kid. But um, the, the the goofiness of the new generation era is what's something that pushed me towards WCW. I mean, WCW was goofy, too. I mean, Dungeon of Doom and stuff like that. It was, you know, they had their, their dumbassery as well. But, like... You could see they started to get a little bit more like, like you said, reality based, a little more real. Mm. People use their real names. They weren't the Goon and Duke Drozzi and Repo Man and Savio Vega. Don't you
2: dare and... disgrace the good damn name of <laughs> Repo Man.
1: Savio Vega
0: is his real name.
1: But you know what I mean. There wasn't, <laughs> you know, it, it got too gimmicky. The Sultan. The like, Sultan, <laughs> like you know, Max Moon, you know, it just got too gimmicky for me at nine. It, it just got too gimmicky, gimmicky because I will say it was around maybe a year prior is when I started to discover old NWA VHS tapes at West Coast Video. So when I discovered the NWA, um, that is where I was kind of like, you know, maybe the Sultan's pretty fucking stupid you know what i mean like maybe. yeah maybe you know <laughs> and then my you know my dad because my parents for a few years lived down in virginia beach so like they were in flair country you know what i mean like yeah so you know we i would watch that stuff with him sometimes and you know here and so i would just gravitate to wcw and then just not really knowing what was going on. I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, I was, I you could, I, I knew the differences between the companies. I knew there was two different wrestling organizations, mm-hmm. you know, but it just kind of shocked you when you actually saw the jump. You know what I mean? Like, cause realistically I would say probably when I really got into wrestling, Hogan was already in WCW, mm-hmm. you know, um, as you know, I would watch old VHS tapes of him in WWF, but he was already in WCW, so you never. I didn't actually see the jump, even though he was he was out of wrestling for about a year, roughly. Um, you saw like literally three weeks prior, you know Scott Hall is on WWF programming, and then boom, Mm -hmm. here is here he is in WCW. It's kind of the same thing with Rick Rude, yeah, you know, and and Lex Luger, one minute. You know, I'll never forget that, you know, Uh, not to deviate from the NWO, but like Lex Luger was on Raw Mm -hmm. wrestling a match one week. And then the next week he shows up on Night Show. You're like, what? Like, what is going on here? It was the same thing. It was just it was so great. And, you know, not to not to drudge up. AW's garbage. But I feel like they have tried to mimic that in the early years of the company. We're like, who's debuting this week on AEW? And it's just like, oh, good, it's Bobby Fish. I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like they're like they're not getting like Scott Hall. You know what I mean? So, but um, it started with WCW. You know, yeah. unfortunately, that's something WWEF has never really done. Where like you had this. Huge surprise from, uh, like from people. Like, I mean, you know, when the invasion angle started, I mean, you knew what was going to happen. You knew some of those wrestlers were going to show up. So, it like, you're like, oh god, man, I can't yeah. believe Sean Stasiak showed up. Holy shit! You I thought I mean? Jericho
2: like, was pretty big.
1: Yeah, I would say that's probably their biggest, and the radicals mm-hmm. a little bit too. Um, but Jericho was probably like their one. Like Scott Hall, Scott Hall, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean,
2: we, especially we how like, he debuted, yeah, we were, like, with The Rock,
0: yeah, getting buried to, by
1: The Rock. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Radicals, um, surprised me because like Benoit had just won the WCW title like recently, so I'm yeah. like, oh, so then when yeah. he showed up, I'm like, oh, I guess he won that title for one night and then said peace, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, George, I always forget that
1: he won the WCW title, yeah. Yeah, it was well, like a
2: last-second ploy to try to get him to resign. There's a
1: yeah. there's a lot of things that they forget about with Chris <laughs> one nowadays. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, but but yeah, Chris, it was it was just it's you always were like, who's going to debut next? Once yeah. once Hall showed up, and then I mean Luger was already in the company, but like you were like, oh, who's next? Mm-hmm. Goldberg. <laughs>
2: um. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But then like even looking at it from a nine year old perspective now, fast forward to where you are today. How cool was it to look back and be like, man, like if only like I knew then what I knew now. Um, I'm so happy that we didn't have what we had back then because it would have ruined everything because we would have knew about we would have knew about Scott Hall three weeks ahead of time.
0: Kind of like three, Cody when yeah. he showed up at and, WrestleMania face then, like we knew you know, before he was even out of AEW that he wasn't going to resign. He was going to yeah. come back.
2: And everyone knew like a week ahead of time, CM Punk coming back in mm-hmm. AEW. So everyone knew. And, and now, I mean, it's pretty much it's it's all but a foregone conclusion that he's right. going to be sh-
1: showing up next month at a uh, collision.
2: Right. So, like, that's the thing. It's, it's like, thank God. I mean, and like, I look back now and I'll watch that Nitro and I'll be like, God, still so cool to me because nobody knew. We did not know nothing. And there's no way of knowing. Um, and, you, oh, and, George, you,
0: and, and you can't even act like you were the coolest fucking guy in the room. You're like, oh, I knew. Like, my dad subscribes yeah. to the Wrestling Observer. I, I knew for weeks that this was coming. It's like you you knew nothing. Just yeah. say you were surprised. No one's going to think you were you know, uncool. But I go back and I, I watch that promo. You know, it, it comes up usually, especially around this time of year. It it shows up in all the in the reels and the, and the different news feeds where, like, Scott Hall shows up and he doesn't say his name. All he says is, you know who I am. So it's like, so he's already automatically telling people, you guys know I'm a huge star. I don't need to tell you who I am mm-hmm. for you to recognize this face. And then with the whole, you know, no, no, he can't get in the building. I go where I want, when I yeah. want. Like, you believed everything he said. You were like, yeah. shit. Well, I mean, he was the bad guy. Right. So why would I not believe that this guy is going to go where he wants, when he wants?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, yeah. you you, had no idea that he was signed by the company and it was all a ploy.
2: And that's why we we thought now we look back and we go, the lines of reality were blurred. Because and I kind
0: of, and I miss that, I miss being surprised
2: yeah. on a yeah.
0: weekly basis. You know, nice. I I mean I don't I I don't watch dynamite, but it'd be nice if I'm scrolling. You usually I, the four three four is the only page on Facebook that I still follow that's wrestling related because mm-hmm. they do live results of the shows when they're all, Like if I miss them raw because we're recording, or if I'm out somewhere and I don't and I can't catch SmackDown, I can at least find out, you know, what matches happened. Yeah. So it'd be nice to you know sit there and scroll through and then see something up on dynamite where you know someone's gonna show up that I thought was still under contract.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like when Roderick Strong showed Granted he's not even close to a huge name. But it's like I I, I, I remember looking, I was like, I thought he was still under contract. Like, I had no idea his contract expired. Because mm-hmm. nobody talked about it But you kind of miss having that You know that suspension Of reality where like oh Like I thought this guy was locked into a contract I had no idea he was gone
2: mm-hmm. And he shows
0: up on the rival company It'd be the same thing if someone from AEW showed up On NXT Because mm-hmm. you know that's where they're gonna Probably put him first Unless they're a massive name Like Omega Omega is gonna bypass NXT He'll go right to Raw SmackDown,
2: Of course But like yeah.
0: Orange Cassidy Yeah he's going to NXT <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, hope-
0: um, hopefully, the movie never signs him.
2: Yes, I know.
0: They'll call him, him Le- uh, Le- Lemon Cassidy, but they'll spot Cassidy with a K. <laughs>
2: um, i K. I'll tell you what, though. Scott Hall had his beach bod ready to go, but he could have for that. The dude had a real hairy chest, but oh. he could have he used some manscaped back then and they would have been there to ensure that his body would have been ready for the wild Uh, With their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products, don't be the guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair. And if you grew some winter man titties, the least you can do is make sure that they're hairless. Uh, It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by heading over to manscaped.com and get 20% off free shipping with our code HOTTAG20. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game with Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 4.0, which is waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. Their trimmer features a ceramic blade designed to cut hair on the loose skin and to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. Uh, you can even trim an arrow pointing to the promised land down where? down there if you're bold enough uh inside the performance package you also find the manscape crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver ball toner an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day uh no one likes nose hairs so their package also comes with the weed whacker 2.0 this thing is friggin' spectacular i use this thing uh probably once a week um sometimes i just use it because it just feels great rolling it around my nose it's weird Um, but nonetheless it works you also get two free gifts the shed travel bag which is valued at 39 dollars, and the patented high performance reduced chafing manscape boxers Uh, if you're wearing sandals you need to get the manscape shears 2.0 nail kit uh, having the right tools for grooming is essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code HOTTAG20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code HOTTAG20 at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. Welcome back, Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. We're talking about the impact of, uh, not the company impact. We're talking about the impact of, uh, uh Hall and Nash arriving in WCW nearly 27 years ago this month. Um, so we're talking about uh the impact of Hall coming in. Two weeks later, after Hall was on TV, you know, berating uh Eric Bischoff and talking to the camera, saying how you know he has another friend coming. Um, and we're all like, who the hell could this possibly be? You know, two weeks later, the intrigue furthered when just recently, the WWF world champion, Diesel, joined Scott Hall in the ring, creating the Outsiders, um, who asked then broadcaster Eric Bischoff. Uh, so this is where the big boys play, huh? And this is the funny part that everyone talks about 30 years <laughs> later. Look at the adjective play. You gotta it's, it's not that. an
0: adjective, Kevin.
2: <laughs> we ain't here to play. Uh, And thanks, you know, and thanks to the apparent hostile invasion of two of WWF's top stars of, you know, a month ago, two months ago of the entire new generation era. um, The following week's episode of Monday Nitro, June 17th, became the first time ever that Nitro beat uh, Monday Night Raw in the ratings. And it's just crazy to think, man. And as that story continued to unfold, leading to what we got, just a short time later with Hall Kogan being the third man and creating the new world order, you know, WCW beat the WWF every week for 83 weeks. And they shifted that complete balance of power um, for the first time since like the mid 1980s, which was a decade. Um, so George, I'll start with you, man. We get the stunning revelation that Scott Hall Razor Ramon is now in WCW. Two weeks later, man, we get Diesel. We get Kevin Nash. I was just, I just got done ordering good friends, better enemies, watching that pay-per-view with Shawn Michaels beating Kevin Nash. And I never would have thought at that time, like, oh, okay, never gonna see Kevin Nash <laughs> in WWF again. Um, and all of a sudden, here he is showing up on Monday Nitro. Looking back, man, how how amazing is that? Like, just like, like we can't even get a we barely get surprises now. Shit, WCW was nearly doing it on a weekly basis back then.
0: Yeah, it, and I watched that because I wanted to see, I wanted to Ex- see what same. was, what, what mm-hmm. was yeah you know, I I missed the Hall debut, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, let me let me see what he's let me see what he's talking about. I was not expecting, you know big daddy cool even a little bit
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah you, know, you never you you never know that and 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 it could have been anybody it was like you know I got a friend coming it, it, it could have been anything it, it could have been anybody I mean we know from like at this time I think about last year about last year around this time um razor was kind of like buddy buddy with savio Vega so you know was that his friend he was talking about I mean he was still showing up on raw mm-hmm. but i like i said we didn't know that razor Moon was no longer a part of WWF. Mm-hmm. we assumed this is part of an invasion so it very well could have been that
2: mm-hmm. never
0: would i have guessed that it was kevin nash yeah but i've always been a, a big fan yeah just you know tall guy tassels what's not the like um i was like wow this is really interesting stuff now and then they mentioned a third guy i'm like who the hell is this third guy gonna be Mm -hmm. it it was it they made wrestling must see yes it before that you could miss it and you know whatever no sweat off your back yeah but these guys you wanted to see what antics they were going to do on a weekly basis and if you missed it you were just kicking yourself the next day when all of your friends had saw it and they were talking about it and you're like, Oh, did you see? You're like, uh, oh, no, I was watching night court. And they're like, ah, oh, <laughs> this dork missed this dork. Didn't watch wrestling last night. Yep. I was watching the Westminster dog show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was... How about
2: you? Um How about you, uh, Dean? What? man doesn't pay attention um you're you know you look at the fact that it,
0: your thoughts on kevin nash when your thoughts on up. kevin nash like now you don't have to oh.
2: tell me like when you were nine but you know oh, you look back I mean, at now well, how the well, shock system say, worked
1: yeah when, when i will say when I, I was a kid when he showed up i was like okay what's going on because mm-hmm. like i was a huge diesel fan big yeah. diesel fan so um but now looking back at being 36 Right, yeah. Um, that is. I think I would. say like that. Would how? How can I describe that? Like, if 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 Hall was the the shot heard around the world, it was actually. And I'm—I don't want to use this.
0: I'm—I'm gonna—I'm gonna use the dinks. I'm gonna—I I think I know where you want to go, but you don't want to say it. I mean, I'll say if, it if
1: you're gonna say it. If,
0: <laughs> if, if if Scott Hall was the invasion of Poland, then Kevin Nash was the Pearl Harbor bomb.
1: <laughs> no, I was—I was gonna say oh. Scott Hall. Scott Hall was the bomb on Hiroshima, and Kevin Nash was the bomb on Nagasaki.
2: Jesus God.
0: My
1: apologies to Kai and Ty. <laughs> I don't mean that. I'm sorry, true, Taka.
2: But, I love but you.
1: But in <laughs> in the, ret- the retrospective of the wrestling world, that's really kind of what it was. Because I don't think WWE F at the time was prepared for something like that. Mm-hmm. Because it almost put him
0: out of business. Yep. You know, yep. they had no response Nope. to any of this the only response they had was a cease and desist because you're acting too much like the characters we created for you
2: mm-hmm. and
0: then hey here's ray bogner and kane uh who you are now gonna call razor Ramon and diesel which did not go over well at all they had no counteract to this mm-hmm like Austin was going to win the. Uh, uh, by this point Austin was going to win The king of the ring if he hadn't won it By now like maybe a week or so later But even then Austin didn't get a foothold Until November Yeah when he faced Brett At Survivor Series
2: because
0: mm-hmm. like I said Like Austin won that king of the ring and then he Wasn't on the SummerSlam card at all He was on a pre-show facing Yokozuna Yeah In
2: 1996
0: bearded 600 pound Yokozuna
2: Yeah Yeah, it was. And and you look at the story that Bruce Pritchard told before, where when Scott Hall went over to WCW, you know, Nash was and once he once he found out, you know, Nash kind of lied because there's court documents proving that he lied about it from his salary. You know, he was making he was telling Nash that I I came over here with one hundred and fifty dates compared to like the three hundred and ten that they were working with WWF and quote unquote staying money, which was $750,000 a year guaranteed at the time, you know, court documents shown that I think Hall made like 450,000, um, like a year or so later. Yeah. He was bumped up to that, but he wasn't signed for seven fifty. dollars Um, Eric Bischoff has said many times he didn't bring anyone over, um, over the rick flair number which was 500 000 at the time right away of course mm-hmm. later on you know you got the brilliant businessman businessman of nash getting the league and what's it called the league of nations um um uh contract stipulation whereas if you bring a single person in here that's making a, um you know if they're making a thousand dollars more than me i we all me uh, myself and hall automatically get uh, Favorite Nations, I'm sorry. Favorite Nations contract. Um, You know, if you bring up a guy that's making $752,000 and I'm making $750, Scott and I automatically get bumped up to seven fifty-two. dollars Only Hulk Hogan can make more than us.
1: That, that was a sheer fucking brilliance on Nash's part, by the way.
2: Yeah, and Nash also tells a story where when the fake diesel and fake... Um, fake Diesel and Fake Razor was happening, and they were getting promoted by 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 um, Jr. Nash tells a story how so many people within WCW were like, "Oh my God, are you really going back? Like, like, are you going back here? Here, here, here is a hundred thousand dollars more." And you know, for weeks, Nash and Hall were like, "We're not going anywhere." They didn't believe them, so they threw like a hundred thousand dollars in front of them, and Nash and Hall were like, "I'll sign it. You're going to realize <laughs> in a week yeah. that it's not us." So yeah. like, it w- it was such the war had already started so much so that WWF announces that Razor and Diesel are returning, and WCW's like here's more money please don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so were they get were were they getting a cut of
0: merch at this point
2: too? No, because at this point right until NWO it changed. I think when NWO started, WCW didn't have a licensing like they didn't have what. Like that was what so what was so attractive to become work for WWF is because you know you got a piece of that merchandise, a big piece. You know you had to work for it. You know to make seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, you were probably doing that in WCW Nash and Hall, but you were working three hundred days a year for it. Whereas now they're going to make you know between five and seven hundred thousand dollars a year and work one hundred and twenty dates. So it's you know you got to pick and choose you want to make 750 maybe more with merch included and work 300 days a year or make 750 guaranteed no merch sales and work you know less than half of that right so it's that's where the cutoff was and apparently Nash was of the mindset of I want to work less and make more (laughs) you know you're
0: saying big lazy wanted to work less
2: yeah he wanted to work less (laughs) Um, because I think he was I mean, just going to have his first child. Yeah. Hey, look, it worked for him. Yeah. Um, but like, it's just it's wild because you know by 1996, it was you know a new breed of fan who had latched on to the WWF and pro wrestling. I wasn't a new fan, but you know I love the new generation. Again, I'm clouded because all I cared about was Shawn Michaels. Oh. Um, there were fans who watched you know WWF as kids in the 80s. But stars like Hogan and Savage were like old news at this time in the in the mid-90s. You know, they were their parents' wrestlers, right? You know, Nash and Hall, you know, were the stars of the new generation that included Brett, Sean, Undertaker. Um, you know, both Diesel and Razor were like in their primes. Um, and they were only with the WWF for like five years, 92, 96, like it didn't even finish up 96. Um, You know, and and combined, they were four-time IC champs. Diesel was only in his third year and was already a former WWF champion, Intercontinental champ, tag team champ. You know, they were supposed to be like that foundation, right? And it all changed. All, you know, because this number two comes in and offers guaranteed money. Just to also, people should know this by now. I'm sure they do. Guaranteed money wasn't a new thing. So when people talk about Nash and Hall changing the co- the way the, the the landscape had changed, no, guaranteed money was has been a thing in wrestling for decades. You know, you hear Hogan ha- before or Michaels or you know Austin used to say, "Yeah, I used to go i I signed with NWA or AWA for a guaranteed five hundred dollars a week," or you know all that stuff. It didn't change. So I don't like how. Nash to this day still says, oh, I changed the game for the talent because I got a guaranteed contract. No idiot. Every So many people had guaranteed contracts before you like announcers like Bischoff said. When I signed on to WCW to be a, a, a C-string announcer, I got paid $70,000 guaranteed. Everything about what I did was guaranteed money. WCW handed out guaranteed money well before um, Hall and Nash got there. So he's... Mm-hmm. I guess when you tell yourself a lie so many times for so many years, you end up believing it. So it, you know, Telegram, tell a friend, tell a wrestler. Um, but you know, Dean, I'll, I'll bring it up to you because you are a fan of the new generation, as am I. I,
1: I am. I mean, I'm. I'm yeah. not gonna. You know, wasn't but, great, but I I do. I was a fan of it.
2: But did it basically just snap of a finger and? As soon as you saw Hall and Nash, like, was that it for WWF for a while for you?
1: Um, no, but I, I was, I had lost a little bit of interest, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, because I, I still, you know, they still had Taker and Michaels and Brett, you know, I, 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 they still had wrestlers that I liked. Um, but I, I was just, I was more interested in WCW, you know, they, they got more of my viewing time. Yeah. Um, it also helped that you know you could always tell that WCW was live and Raw was not. Um and that always kind of bugged me. Um so but no, I, I it, it it my my interest, interest waned it, but it wasn't gone. You know, mm-hmm. um because I still have a lot of like fond memories leading into like, you know, WrestleMania 14 and stuff like that. The whole Sean and Taker feud also in that time frame. Um so I, I still have a lot of fond memories of that, you know. I mean, that's you know, that's right at the end of the New Generation era, basically, you know, the early dawn of the Attitude era, but, um,
2: yeah, yeah. All right, how about you, George?
0: Um, yeah, I mean the the New Generation, it, not my favorite. I thought there were too many like gimmicks. I thought I thought there were too many gimmicks with the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I like. I mean, there were some I liked. I, I, you know, I enjoyed Doink because I thought it was just comical. But you know, TL Hopper, he's a fucking plumber. I, I, I really didn't care. I, I thought
1: forget about TL Hopper. Like
0: I, <laughs> like I thought this was legit. Kind of gonna be the end. I'm like, you know, like WW is putting out TV that you kind of want to watch. You know, if I missed an episode of Raw, I don't feel. I don't feel. Like you missed anything yeah because you know, mm. nobody was talking that's like nobody at my school was talking about raw no everybody was talking about nitro
2: I was the only clown that so,
0: did you know I <laughs> so I thought you know this was gonna you now I thought this was kind of kind of be the end I was like um like maybe this is the you know maybe this can be the new hot thing to watch mm-hmm. um let me actually pose end, a, brother let me actually pose a question to you, Chris, since you sure. like to ask a lot of questions. I'm going to pose this to you since you're the resident Shawn Michaels fan yeah, uh, in the group. I mean, we're all fans, but you take your fandom to a whole different level. You got his number in your phone. So, <laughs> no, we don't. I have have. I have I have seven got, random he, digits, and I tell people that it's Shawn Michaels' number. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a picture
1: of Shawn in his wallet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> As a kid.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a picture
1: I, of Sean as well. I, Sean's yeah. got the the lasers behind him from the school picture. But it's, a, <laughs> but it's Sean. But it's Sean
0: now. Yeah. I, I I've seen Chris's wedding picture. He's cut out Morgan's head and put Sean's there instead.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. The um. So let me ask you this, Chris. Sure. When the, when they talked about a third guy coming over, did mm-hmm. you think that Sean Michaels was going to jump and go to WW?
2: I did. Because, I mean, it, it made, when you're looking at it from a fan perspective at the time, it, it makes sense. Of course, I look back now and I go, I mean, God, he was ironclad on a five-year contract. But um, I look back now, I go, wow, who's the third guy? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Razor and Diesel. <laughs> who well, I mean, who else could be the third guy? I
0: mean, if you if you read The Observer, you kind of got a spoiler to the third guy because Dave Meltzer said it was going to be made.
2: He also said it was gonna be the British Bulldog, Bret Hart, Lex Luger. <laughs> Which so I to be honest
1: with you, I had no idea who the third guy could have been.
2: My second thought at the time was Macho Man because he was the he was he's been a heel before. So I mm-hmm. thought, all right, well, if it's not Michaels, I remember thinking like oh, it could be macho because he's a WWF guy and he has no problems being a heel, so why mm-hmm. not? So I I never thought in my life Hulk Hogan never would have you could bring me back ten different times in nineteen ninety-six and if you would have told me Hulk Hogan was turning heel, I would have been like, Yeah, that's a stupid take. Stupid take. It's Hulk Hogan.
1: No, if you were watching W W-W, then you would have been you wouldn't have been shocked with all the ridiculous shit he was doing with like, you know. Mania. Uh, dark Hulk Hogan <laughs> in the in, in the in the graveyard with the sword and the mask. You know, there's no the Maniacs here and stuff there's like that.
0: Wait, ah, oh, this water's cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
2: ridiculous. Um, and, and, so, <laughs> yes, I I, I, and guess, I had a thought that it was gonna be Shawn Michaels, and I was like, oh, well, I'm probably be... going to Nitro now. You know, I
1: remember when was it? Remember when Taker? got hurt Mm -hmm. and he disappeared before he came back as the the American Badass. I legitimately was expecting him to go to WCW. I knew I know now you look back now and go there were rumors about it, but I was at that point, I was like, yeah, he's going to show up in WCW. Like it's happening.
0: Yeah, That Um, would have been weird. Him showing up in WCW and losing a match to Billy Kidman. I mean, he he literally just would have been Mark Calloway
1: or he would have been mean Mark Callis again and he would have just been the American Badass. Like, right. That's exact it's exactly what he would have been.
2: It's crazy man because you look at it and it's like if what if it was like Taker? What if it was Michaels? And I've we've said this before and we'll get into it, you know, later when we talk more not th- tonight, but we bring up more about uh the nwo, I just don't think it would have worked with anybody else.
1: I agree. It- it, I just it not it, have worked at Sting. Remember they said Sting was the backup plan? That yes. wouldn't have worked. That it wouldn't would have been
2: cool all. for about six months and it would have been gone. Hey, if remember that. when
0: Sting turned heel and they and people cheered him?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I also like whenever whenever Hogan talks about the NWO, he's like, Oh yeah, like they came to me with that. And I was like, Yeah, this sounds like a good idea. Meanwhile, ten different people have been interviewed about it, and they're like, Yeah, nobody knows if Hogan's gonna do this or not. Day of Bash in the Beach.
2: That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, yeah, Hulk. We we know. <laughs> let me ask you a question then, Dean. And I haven't yeah. heard this name brought up. Do you think it would have I mean what again, let me preface it wouldn't have been Hulk level nothing whatever do you think nature would have worked no no okay no
0: there's no there's no way it would have worked with nature i mean nature's already like a natural heel but he, he already had the horseman going
2: yeah and so i've said it, that
1: a million times that the horseman is the group that should have went against the, the nwo and killed off the nwo that when they reformed the horseman Remember, you know, remember when they they had the big ceremony and they were in all in That should have been when they killed off the NWO, but of course, yeah. you know, Bischoff did not want to kill off the Golden Goose. No, and he, you know, and unfortunately, in '98, nobody gave a shit anymore.
0: Well, because so, also around that time is when he brought Warrior in, so Warrior had to feud with the entire NWO. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So,
0: like, I'll
1: that's what, what though? Because that's what everybody wanted to see. Almost ten years later.
2: I mean, look, we. I mean, if you go and you look at the ratings in 98, unreal. Like you're mm-hmm. like, I'll just I'm going to say some numbers of 98 just on the nitro side. Four, six, four, five, five, four, seven, four, nine, five, one, five, two. Um, and then it it's wild when you get to like April 1.72 to Rawl's six. <laughs> Like, now we're in the Austin era. We're a month past mm. WrestleMania, and Austin's the champ. Here we go, 5.5 5 for Raw, 4.5, 5.6, 5, 4.5, 4.5. Um, just, then you get into, like, 99, like, 6.5, 7, 6.4, and Nitro's barely over a 4, which, look, shit, both companies would kill for a 3 or a 4 today. I mean, if 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 SmackDown or Raw got to a three, they would have like, you know, television networks, you know, literally bombing their doors trying to get television um a rights deal if if pro wrestling was nailing threes, fours right now. Um but it, it's just crazy to think of where wrestling went. And I do believe, you know, if the NWO would have stayed and we're going off topic here, but we'll talk about it more in another episode, If the NWO would have stayed at four to five people max. The WWF would not be in existence today. Yeah, I agree. That's my opinion. If it would have stayed the, the original three, and then you would have added X-Pac, which worked because he's, an, he's a WWF guy, and he was part of that clique, and it, and it would have been maybe another guy, maybe the like ri- Big Show.
1: You, you, fuck him. The original five should have been, obviously, the original three, six Pac, and Ted DiBiase. That's what it should have been, because DiBiase yeah. was supposed to basically be the mouthpiece, the, Bisch- the Bischoff role. Yeah. But then Bischoff was like, I got to get me some of this cheddar cheese. So he forced himself into the angle.
2: But it worked.
1: It worked. It did. But it probably would have worked better, it would have made more sense yeah. if it was Ted DiBiase, because yeah. then you had all the five guys are yeah. x huge x stars of the wwf yeah even even x-pop Pac, two three kid was over as hell yeah after he beat razor ramon so that's what it, it would have worked the moment ww wrestlers get, went into the nwo it completely to me i i i you know i know when bischoff and conrad go at it a bunch you know like, yeah. oh you, you say it in hindsight down no me as an 11 year old was like why are the WSW guys in the nwo mm-hmm. so if i could see it at 11 years old 12 years old why couldn't eric bischoff in his 40s see it yeah you know what i
2: mean so it's a great point man it makes sense and i will say i'll also give bischoff credit i mean he you, was doing you have things... to give him credit though I mean, Bischoff's I mean... awesome he yeah. yeah he was doing things that no one did like but when he was powerbombed through the stage people knew he yeah. was the vice president of the company and also an announcer you know vince didn't get touched until a yeah. year or so later so it's was like
1: that when was that when austin stunned him it was to say also stunned
2: him on on roll right yeah yep Mike... so like that's what i mean well, like
0: the well trend... shoved him.
2: yeah but it that was like a hockey fight. Like it wasn't straight up an MSG get like you put like he got stung, like he got beat up. Yeah. So like that was a first time where and also at the time that Brett did that, you still didn't know Vince was the owner of the company. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing. The ne- what was it, the next night? Basically, Mr. McMahon was born when he, you know, Brett screwed Brett. Was it not yeah. the next night? Yeah. So that's that's when it transitioned from Vince being the what a maneuver, you know, to you know there's no chance in hell,
2: pretty yeah. much, you know. Yeah. So it was it's just crazy how many things just just led to it. And we'll talk about the NWO a lot more as we get on to the coming weeks and so and into the um into the summer. But um, you know, seeing two of the WWF's top stars like bolt out of the company at arguably like WWF's uh I guess peak rebuilding period. Um, you know to cause chaos and WCW brought a lot of younger fans man who were previously like I don't want to use the word groomed but they were groomed on WWF television in the 1980s and now they're introduced getting introduced to a promotion that was still mostly a southern promotion you know despite having a national audience you know WCW in snap of a finger man in one night and Dean talked about this they instantly became cool to everybody not just the holdovers from the Jim Crockett days. As soon as Scott Hall said, Do you, or asked the question, you want a war? His character, you know, intended it to be directed WCW management from the impending arrival of the NWO. But in reality, in reality, man, looking back, it was WCW's first public declaration to Vince McMahon and a WWF that Start sounding those war drums because Mm -hmm. after that, man, pro wrestling just literally changed forever. And it's, and that's why I want to talk about this because it's so cool, man. Every year it should be talked about on, you know, it it should be like a thing on WWE network. Like they should do something in May because it's without Scott Hall arriving that night without Nash coming in two weeks later, And then without shocking the globe with Hulk Hogan, shit, man, we wouldn't have The Rock. We wouldn't have Steve Austin. We wouldn't even have, we wouldn't have Degeneration X. Like we would have nothing, nothing. If, if it would have just stayed this the way it was when, like you said, like the four or five groups, man, we are literally still watching WCW Nitro on Turner every week. Like it's just it's just wild within a two year period, though, how, how quick it went downhill. But for those 83 weeks, man, it was a party like m- like for the first time in my life. I remember it was cool to say that I watched pro wrestling. Yeah, like and then when it got to like 99, 2000, 2001, like it was cool to go outside with an Austin T-shirt or a rock shirt or a DX and Triple H like it was cool to be a wrestling fan. Now it's it's still cool but it's a niche. Now whereas, you know, from 97 to like 2001 it was so massive. Now it's, you know, it's it's a niche and it's still huge, but that's uh that that's that's just so cool um to think about. Um all right, we'll hop out of here. Uh, G- uh George, do you have any final thoughts? Um none that I can
0: f- Then I can really think of just more or less, as I said before, I kind of miss it. I kind of miss a time like this when, when wrestling was must see and, you know, it felt like a big event and not just a niche thing that only, you know, a collection of people watch nowadays, you know, something like that, you know, a, a huge shift in the industry put wrestling in the mainstream. Like it, it did, was yeah. being talked about, you know, across, you know, news organizations, like headlines and papers. Like it was a, it was a big thing nowadays. It's just, Oh, you, you watch wrestling. How old are you? Were you a kid? Well, oh, I watched that when I was like 10. It's yeah. It's I, 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 I kind of missed, I, I kind of long for times like this.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, that's I, I, I'm with you where, you kind of yearn for the times of when you would walk somewhere, walk in somewhere and be like, yo, did you see nitro? Did you see raw? Like, did you see what happened? Like now, like it's, it's, it's like that now, but again, it's like with a niche group. It's a circle group here. Like (laughs) I was going to say something else, but that would have been bad. It's like, like that little niche group now, whereas back then it's like, no matter where you went, like if you had like an Austin three sixteen shirt or an NWO t-shirt, somebody was going to come up and talk to you about it because someone saw something or wanted to know about something. It's not like that now. I mean, it's just, well, one, there's, we consume so many things now in 2023. So it's kind of hard, but, um, you know, wrestling technically is more popular than it's ever been, but it's just different. Um, you know, sometimes that's hard to explain, but it's just different. Um, But yeah, Um, all right. So next week, let me pull up my handy dandy notebook here. Next week, we'll be covering Judgment Day from 2002. Um, For those of you who might not know, let me see here. Judgment Day 2002 happened May 19th. Uh, To give everybody kind of an outlook May 19th. Yeah, no, May 19th. Uh, Happened in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, pretty good buy rate, too, 370,000. So here are some of the matches that we're going to be looking at uh, Eddie Guerrero against Rob Van Dam for the IC title. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman against the Hardy Boys. Uh, Steve Austin versus The Big Show and Rick Flair. Which one of these are not like the other? Um, Edge versus Kurt Angle. Triple H versus Chris Jericho and A Hell in a Cell. Undertaker versus H- Hollywood Hulk Hogan. You talk about like a silent banger, man, that people sometimes sleep on. What a pay-per-view this was um, in 2002. We'll be covering that next week. And then after that, we're going to be looking at Slambury from 1997. Uh, looking forward to covering that. And then we're going to round out the month covering Hulk Hogan's 1989 in the WWF when Hulkamania was still running wild uh, for the World up be up for the World Wrestling Federation Um, and then kind of give everybody an update of what's ahead June we've got Bad Blood 2004 we're going to discuss and review the Nitro before and after the Great American Bash 1996 Hulk Hogan running wild in a WWF in 1990 and then we will round out June talking about the wrestling landscape right before the arrival of the nwo what was going on in wrestling what were the ratings some storylines what was the wwf doing uh we'll talk about that uh and then in july uh we've got our top five favorite Shawn michaels matches that aren't involving wrestlemania uh the great american caveat
0: i didn't know that
2: yep i just added that um because i thought about it earlier today i was like i want to bring it up tonight it can't be a wrestlemania Shawn michaels match
0: I was just going to go back and listen to our old Biggie guarantees and whatever my top five was from there. I was just going to roll it <laughs> over. <laughs>
2: um, then we're going to do the Great American Bash from 2008. Our top five favorite Triple H matches. And then we will finish July with the Bash at the Beach, 1997. August. We have Road Wild 1998. And then we're going to cover three Summer Slams in a row because... It's the biggest party of the summer a massive month for wrestling with SummerSlam. Uh, We're going to cover SummerSlam 1995, 2003 and 2006. So that is the rest of the spring and summer of the hot tag. And again, as we go forward here, I will definitely remind you all of that. Um, We have just so many cool things coming up and I'm, I'm super pumped about it. Um, All right. So before we get out of here, uh, George and Dean, your thoughts on backlash?
0: Uh, I thought overall okay. it was a surprisingly good show.
2: I agree. Yeah, I thought it was a good show as well. I gave it a nine out of ten that's for being fair. what it, for being what it was. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was cool. Uh, really really good show. I was really surprised at that. Um, great to see. And then we got a, a another massive show coming. Um, at the night of champions is that that's in Saudi, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, but real quick before again, before we get out of here, a quick little thing. I, w- I wanted to bring it up to the top of the uh the top of the show, but I didn't have a chance to it kind of maybe confirming some of our theories on the new WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um Edge put up a little video slash promo on his socials today talking about you know, he doesn't have much time left. Um, but then he kind of goes into talking about the world heavyweight Ch- championship title belt and kind of easing all of our worries about them erasing the history of the big gold edge basically said, this is the big gold. It's a title he never lost. And it made me feel really happy inside to hear someone, um, talk about that. It's the big gold. And basically that's what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, it
1: actually says it on the Wikipedia page too, that, uh, that's basically confirming that this is the revival of the, of the, of the belt.
2: And that makes me feel really happy. Me too. Um, I said that
1: before too. Like, you know, this belt does have history. I mean, the first half history of this belt is incredible. Yes. Some of the, some of the biggest names in history Mm -hmm. held that title. Uh, I mean, the last five years, it was, you know, Dolph Ziggler, Alberto De Rio, just, it was basically the in a title at that
2: point. (laughs) Yes.
1: Um, the first half, like 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 we talked about before, when, while the WWE championship was literally hot potato between mainly two guys and occasionally Edge, yeah, the World Heavyweight title was held by the biggest names in the business.
2: Yeah, I know,
1: and that's 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 what I would like to see. This, I mean, obviously you know they're going to waste time with Roman and stuff like that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But excuse me, I'm, I'm sorry, I was burping. Um, I think Ed should be the one who gets this belt. Mm-hmm. Agree. Even if he, even if he holds it for one month, yeah. You know, I, you know, I would do a swerve where Rollins wins the Money in the Bank and literally cashes it in that night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, just I just think Ed should, deserves to have that title.
2: He, one I mean, more, and, he's and right. Lose it. He's right though. It's a title he never lost.
1: Yeah, I and I think I, I think he deserves that title.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I. He's held that title more than anybody ever.
1: Eleven times.
2: Well, the World Heavyweight Championship he's held seven times.
0: Oh, he's eleven time overall. He's eleven time overall, yeah.
2: Yeah, my mistake. How I he?
0: think if I think going with Edge is is a smart money because it kinda gives it kind of gives a slight bit of a swerve because uh, as we saw uh, Monday on Raw, Seth Rollins is the guy from Raw yeah. the advances, which surprised nobody mm-hmm. in this chat that it was going to happen. Um, I mean, Chris is down
1: for it, but he likes predictability.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> The um, <laughs> if, I actually... I say if if the smart money goes with Edge, and then <laughs> since this belt is supposed to be exclusive to Raw, and Edge is a SmackDown superstar, you have. Edge show up on Raw and then maybe have Roman, you know, maybe have Roman on SmackDown come out and say something about, oh, you know, all the belts are now property of SmackDown. Then you have Triple H come out and say, well, that belt is property of Raw, so the superstar who held it had to go over, but a trade has been made in the process, and then Cody shows up on SmackDown to continue his his quest for Roman.
2: That's
0: that's what I would do. It's not a bad
2: idea. (laughs) To clarify, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind Seth Rollins winning the World Heavyweight Championship. I understand that can be predictable, but my, I mean, when you split the brands up as they are, two of the people that are in this match, that's, you know, two of them, I'm I'm sorry, the person that Seth is going to face is going to be on SmackDown. So when they're saying that's going to be a raw exclusive title, to no, me, it would make sense that it would go to Seth because I don't, we've already agreed all of us. We don't want it to be on Cody and that's not going to happen. Yeah. So it, to See, me, the problem is the draft should have happened after night of champions. Correct. Yeah. That's when it should have, they rushed that. It Absolutely. should have been after night of champions. I think like um, this
1: whole thing is rushed. The belt, the draft. It's like, they're just like, we got to get this out. And it's I just, agree. instead of actually planning it out. but yeah, I, listen, gonna, I, I, I don't want to get problems. it out before
0: Vince takes full control again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any problems
1: with Seth Rollins. I mean, I think his character's a little goofy, but he's an incredible worker. He's mm-hmm. there every single show., mm-hmm. uh, but I feel about that. It's just the same way I felt about Moxley with AEW Like the moment I saw Mox's name, in that AEW tournament for the title, I was like, he's winning it. Like, so mm-hmm. what's like, I, I, it's to me, it's the same thing with watching Roman Reigns wrestle matches. You know, who's going to win. Yeah. Why should I watch? Why should I invest in it if I already know the outcome?
2: Yeah. That, I would that's love just how to I see. Feel about it. So you I would love it to with see Edge, uh, Edge win. And then
0: you give it to Rollins in a couple months. You know I think I mean? that
2: makes sense. And I would love let Rollins, that.
0: Or, or Or you let Edge have it for a couple months and let Rollins win at SummerSlam. That's what I mean. Yeah, great on a big stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that'd be an incredible
1: match between the two of
0: them. I will say this about Mm -hmm. SmackDown tomorrow night. Um, I am insanely looking forward to the triple threat match. That is Edge versus Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles. Yeah. Like, that is a pay-per-view caliber triple threat match.
2: That's a WrestleMania triple threat match. I really hope that. I know AJ's probably not going to win this. Because, God, he's... I think he's officially, to me, become the most underutilized talent that they've had in 30 years. I know he had a really great run when he first came in, but that's the kind of dude that should be in the main event picture every, every pay-per-view he's Mm -hmm. so he is literally the next gen's Shaw Michaels. He is unbelievable. Um, I would love to see AJ be the first guy to hold that title or edge. Um, That would be great. But before I sign off, I wanted to ask you Dean because I didn't bring it up in the group chat when you sent it, because I, I, um, I can't stand the guy's existence. Um, what did what you said you listened to the basement dwelling um scum sucker JD from New York said something that you agreed about. What did what could he have possibly said that would have made any sense?
1: Oh, I don't re- dude. That was like Monday. I don't or Tuesday, I don't remember. Okay. Um, um. I think he. I think he was just saying this kind of the stuff that we've been saying, like, what you know, if this was supposed to be like a raw title, why are there SmackDown guys in it? Why did you have the draft and stuff like that? He was at. Uh, listen, I've listened to like three, three of his shows since mm-hmm. the draft and the, the bells announced, and I've agreed with like everything he has said.
2: Mm. Like, the only thing I, I, I just I, don't I, like, I,
1: I've I, never, li- I never knew who the guy was. George yeah. always wars with him on Twitter, and then <laughs> I
2: don't like,
0: war with him. Now I I thought you said you always like are fighting with him on Twitter or something. Oh, he blocked like me. No, um, I don't I, again. <laughs> I mean, I've commented on some of his stuff, but I mean, he's he's also the kind of guy that whenever there's a mediocre debut on Dynamite, he calls it hmm. a game changer.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is the thing is you can I you know what it is is I I have I just WWE nothing that WWE does makes me excited really. Mm-hmm. So I kind of fall into that group of people who do bash WWE for everything that they do because it sucks <laughs> like uh, i was i was excited for the world heavyweight I, listen yeah. when, when triple h announced that title i was like i actually was like am i excited for kurt wwe again <laughs> and then i was just like wait a minute brock is gonna win this or oh, roman well. reigns is gonna win this and then it was like the WWE draft and then the draft was a shit show
2: yeah and
1: then they were like oh by the way smackdown guys are gonna be in this sort i was like doing exactly what I knew they were going to do. Like nothing makes sense. What did I say? If it's simple, WWE not doing it.
2: Um, <laughs> the, I look at, I think you like, you enjoy it more than you put out, but I don't mean it in a way like you're, you're a fake. I think you do it when things are good. So I, sure. I JD yeah. has always come off as what I like to always say. He is the wrestling fan that despises wrestling. He mm. he hates everything. Um and like he he'll he'll literally praise everything AEW does, even if it's almost identical to the same thing like WWE would do. Like mm. he just finds things to hate about everything. Um and and the fact that he's a you know a womanizing racist prick. But other I, than I that, no,
1: I literally have no idea who this guy is. Oh yeah,
2: good. Just don't that's the thing. Like I like yeah.
1: I literally like I just you know what it was is after they announced the world heavyweight title i was just kind of like looking for things to listen to about it yeah you know and i you know i listened to like wrestle talk and cultaholic and you know all those you know all those youtubers that, mm-hmm. that you know wrestling youtubers stuff like that and then i was like jd isn't this the guy george Fucking has like constant fucking battles with on Twitter. I thought you warred with him for some reason, but I guess no, you just did commenting on it. I, I think I'd
0: comment on a couple of things, but like he's never replied to anything I said, which yeah is fine. I don't live and die by Twitter replies.
1: Right. And then um and then I was I was listening to a show about the world heavyweight title, and he was literally saying everything I had texted you guys, like it undermines Roman, it undercuts everything. It's a pity title, and I was like I thought everybody hated this guy. He's making sense. Mm -hmm. Again, once he stopped that, I stopped listening to his show. So I don't like listen to his show reviews. You know what I mean? Like, but like I can, I can agree with him on his critiques of WWE, just like I agree with Cornette on his critiques of AEW. Yeah. I mean, Cornette's actually been pretty
2: spot on lately.
1: Yeah, because Cornette, Cornette has, been, Cornette has <laughs> been spot on about AEW for like four years. Yeah, he's been like,
2: <laughs> I actually take back some of my criticism about him because lately, over the past like four months, I've, I've tuned into his opinions on AEW and I'm just like, he makes a lot of sense. Like, he's been he, real, he's called, <laughs> he calls everything. And we, it's fine it, because Cornette hates both companies. So he, does. he just, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah.
1: He has been spot on about his AEW coverage. I would say like eighty percent of the time. There are some <laughs> things I'd be like, "All right, like, dude, just, come on, this was a good match." You know what I mean? Like, but like everything he says about AEW is usually spot on because they're a shit show. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love when he, <laughs> like, I love when he starts bashing Orange Cassidy because he's like, he's the, he's the owner's favorite. Uh, he's the owner's favorite wrestler. That's why he keeps showing up on TV every week. He's the company mascot. Look, my little dog pockets. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> stupid i hate orange cassidy so
0: much
2: yeah um like like the blue you was talk about it. Ex-
0: like, it, like it was cool for a little bit but i'm like is this the only thing this guy does yeah
2: talk about expose <laughs> of the company or, or of, of 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 you know wrestling and then you have sting who does it i'm like god dang it, stop this um what wearing
1: but... wearing tr- trousers and long shirt <laughs> no he <laughs> during his now,
0: wear, he... What he wears on a flight oh, when he's wrestling
1: yeah <laughs>
2: That's funny. Um, I hate when right.
1: Sting tries to be hip. He should. He should have just went back to Surfer Sting.
2: I know. Just shave like, your head what? now and just be yeah. Surfer Sting. He could um, just
1: bleached it. it like nobody would have known he was
0: bald. Like, I know. Okay.
1: I mean, he's I actually just got like thinning hair. Like he's not bald. Bald. Well, he's got a bald spot. I think.
0: It's
2: crazy. I mean, he's, that he's 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 64 in his sixties. So
1: <laughs> he's, he's his mid sixties. Nobody's yeah, gonna care bald, for bald. But sting. that bald spot's been there for fifteen years. <laughs> God. <laughs>
2: You're not yeah. wrong, man. Um, it's
1: been there since the TNA days.
0: I guess uh, if I was in those later years of TNA with Dixie Carter and Hogan, i probably start losing my hair, too. <laughs> yeah, and, we're, we're, um, and wearing a T-shirt of
1: your wrestling attire. <laughs> Joker's thing. <laughs>
2: um, all right, so that'll wrap up uh, this week of the Hot Tag. We kind of went off on an extra 20-minute tangent there, which was great. I loved it. Um, follow us on Instagram at the Hot Tag Podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you guys over there. Um, again, thank you so much for everything. Head over to manscaped.com. Use our code hottag for uh, hot tag 20 for 20% off of free shipping of your order. It helps us out big time. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, all right. Before we get out, uh, uh, yeah. you two, what do you guys got coming up on the multiverse movie podcast? A whole bunch of fuck off. <laughs> this, that.
0: We got a uh, no,
1: a tanuki talk this week.
0: Yep. We have a new tanuki awesome. talk. We're going to be talking about um, Live action video game adaptations. So oh, it should bad. be that's
2: awesome.
0: So it should be a good discussion, which is good that we kind of planned this when we did because we well, we're not live action, but like Mo- movie, movie like TV adaptations. TV, yeah. Because we plan this because Mario came out last month. So we're like, oh, we'll just make our next Snoogie talk about you know movie adaptations or TV show adaptations because it'll fit in with what's going on.
2: And yeah, for I'm sure.
0: i glad we did because yeah. last of us turned out to be a, a gem.
2: Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Um, if you're a mother out there, have have a great Mother's Day weekend. Um. So yeah, we'll catch you guys here next week. This is the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I'm Christy Francisco. That's Dean Holsapple, and that's Johnny Outsider, or like we like to call him George Rogers. Um. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your week weekend, and we'll catch you guys down the road. Have a good one. Bye bye.